Welcome to r slash ask reddit and we have two ask reddit questions for you today. Our first ask reddit question is, what's the best joke you know? Our first reply is from Stambaum. An Irishman walks into a pub. What'll you have? The bartender asks. Give me three pints of Guinness please, says the man. The bartender brings him three pints and the man proceeds to sip them alternatively. The first one, the next one, and then the third one until they're all gone. He then orders three more. Sir, says the bartender. I know you like them cold. You don't have to order three at a time. I can keep an eye on you, and when you get low, I'll bring you a fresh cold one. You don't understand, the man says. I have two brothers, one in Australia and one in the States. We made a vow to each other that every Saturday night we'd still drink together. So, right now, my brothers have three Guinness Stouts too, and we're drinking together. What a wonderful tradition, the bartender says, smiling. Every week after that, the man comes into the bar and orders three beers. But one week, he only orders two. He drinks them and orders two more. I know what your tradition is, says the bartender sadly. And I just like to say that I'm sorry that one of your brothers died. Oh, my brothers are fine, says the man. I just quit drinking. Our next reply is from LG Evil Lawn Gnome. A guy walks into a bar and says to the bartender, I'll show you something amazing for a beer. The bartender agrees. The guy pulls out a 10-inch pianist from his pocket and sets him on the bar. He starts playing a mini piano beautifully. The bartender, clearly impressed, says, Where the hell did you find that little man? The guy says, I've got a tiny wizard in my other pocket. For another beer, you can make a wish. The bartender agrees and says, Wizard, I'd like 100,000 bucks. Suddenly, the bar fills with 100,000 ducks. The bartender, confused and angry, says, What the hell, mate? I didn't want 100,000 ducks. The guy responds, Oh, you think I wanted a 10-inch pianist? Beneath that, I like the thinking of Sanmu. But he's got an ice machine and a cleaver. 100,000 ducks at 5.7 pounds of duck dressed equals 570,000 pounds of duck meat. Duck parts go for all sorts of prices. Foie gras, for example, goes for $12 a pound. But let's say the whole duck wholesale price is at $2 a pound. The bartender would come out of this with $1,140,000. Our next reply is from Sergeant Skillcraft. My all-time favorite to tell at parties. There was this man in Bulgaria who drove trains for a living. He loved his job. Driving a train had been his dream ever since he was a child. He loved to make the train go as fast as possible. Unfortunately, one day, he was a little too reckless and caused a crash. He made it out, but one person had died. Well, needless to say, he went to court over this incident. He was found guilty and was sentenced to death by electrocution. When the day of the execution came, he requested a single banana as his last meal. After eating the banana, he was strapped into the electric chair. The switch was flown, sparks flew, and smoke filled the air. But nothing happened. The man was perfectly fine. Well, at the time, there was an old Bulgarian law that said that a failed execution was a sign of divine intervention, so the man was allowed to go free. Somehow, he managed to get his old job back driving the train. Having not learned his lesson at all, he went right back to driving the train with reckless abandon. Once again, he caused a train to crash, this time killing two people. The trial went much the same as the first, resulting in a sentence of execution. For his final meal, the man requested two bananas. After eating the bananas, he was strapped into the electric chair. The switch was thrown, sparks flew, smoke filled the room, and the man was, once again, unharmed. Well, this of course meant that he was free to go. And once again, he somehow managed to get his old job back. 
To what should have been a surprise to no one, he crashed yet another train and killed three people. And so, he once again found himself being sentenced to death. On the day of his execution, he requested his final meal, three bananas. You know what? No, said the executioner. I've had it with you and your stupid bananas and walking out of here unharmed. I'm not giving you a thing to eat. I don't know what the bananas do to help you stay alive, but we're strapping you in and doing this now. Well, it was against protocol, but the man was strapped into the electric chair without a last meal. The switch was pulled, sparks flew, smoke filled the room, and the man was still unharmed. The executioner was speechless. The man looked at the executioner and said, Oh, the bananas had nothing to do with it. I'm just a bad conductor. I find this joke both shocking and revolting. Our next reply is from Big Attorney. I went to a beekeeper to get 12 bees. He counted and gave me 13. I said, Sir, you gave me an extra. He said, Nah, that's a freebie. Our next reply is from Victor Blintmuscle. What's the difference between a hippo and a zippo? One is very heavy, and the other is a little lighter. Our next reply is from KLG Aviation. What did Cinderella say when she got to the ball? <laughs> I told this to my family when I was like 11. It went over well. And then beneath that, my young Padawan replies, You just gave me a horrible flashback. I told the following joke to my dad as a sweet little 11-year-old girl. It was originally longer, but this is all that I can remember. You get the picture anyway. What is hairy on one end and smooth on the other? It comes in different lengths and sizes. It can be used by both men and women, both morning and night. When used, it spreads white stuff. Rhythmic movement is key. It's a toothbrush. Our next Ask Reddit question is, what are your night shift horror stories? Now, fair warning on this one. Usually my content is pretty clean, but some of the stories on this Ask Reddit question are really dark. So consider this your warning. Our next reply is from Throne. I used to work night shift at a 24-hour Walmart. Customers are nuts enough in the daytime, but they became weird after midnight. I once had an elderly guy come in wearing only a jean jacket and fishnet stockings. He came up to my register, leaned in, and asked if we carried anything to get rid of lice. You know those plastic barriers that all stores have now to protect cashiers? They need to keep those even after the pandemic ends. I've lost count of the times that customers got into my personal space to ask about products for fleas, lice, rashes, etc. And beneath that, Blue Quark points out, Well, if I've got a rash, I'm not going to scream down the aisle. Hey, where's the dick cream? Our next reply is from Odd42. I was an orderly in a hospital. Two of us were sitting in the basement office adjacent to the morgue. A guy passed our office, looking at us a little shifty. He came back again and asked if we had access to the morgue. We said yeah, thinking he was doing a pickup for a funeral home, but that seemed strange given that it was close to midnight. Nope. He wanted to pay us to let him in and leave him alone with the bodies for an hour. We escorted him up to security. Apparently he's tried this in the past because security knew him. <laughs> Beneath that, someone adds another story, and this story is so ridiculous that I'm really hesitant to read it on YouTube. However, it's so ridiculous that I can't in good conscience skip it. This was a pretty big story here in Brazil. A woman was having a severe bacterial infection in her uterus. After weeks of testing, examinations, and research, doctors were unable to find the cause of that. One more week of digging, and they discovered that her husband was a coroner, and that he was passionately hugging dead bodies in the butt, without a condom. 
So he gave his wife a decomposer bacteria infection. This story... (laughs) This story kind of crosses the threshold. I would normally not publish something like this. Oh my god, what the f***? Our next Reddit post is from Greatwood. I worked in a parking garage in the airport. I was cleaning the top deck and noticed about a hundred ravens all over a truck with a tarp over the bed. I took my flashlight expecting something awful. I noticed as I got closer the smell and the ravens taking turns going into a hole they torn open and popping out covered in gunk. Some guy had left a broken down truck with a couple of animal carcasses in the back to rot. They had no heads. I checked the logs and the truck had been there since November and it was April. So everything was just beginning to thaw and break down. Then someone asked, what do you do in such a case? And OP responds, I called my boss who called maintenance to get a crew out there. They had airport police come over and do an investigation to make sure there were no human remains. Some trophy hunter flew in, bought a cheap truck, caught what he wanted and left the rest for us to deal with. He didn't even bother to register or update the vehicle title, so the guy who sold it got a knock on his door from the cops. Our next reply is from Steve McQueen is here. I worked as an evening manager at a major Hilton property. I got a complaint from a bunch of guests about noise coming from one of the rooms. It turns out, a drunken man was beating the bejesus out of his wife and had the door barricaded so he couldn't get in. I called the cops, and they had to get into the guy's room using the balcony from the next room over. I'm still traumatized by what I saw when they finally arrested him and got the wife out of the room. She was covered in blood. It was horrifying. And beneath that, we have this story from a jeans co. When my junkie ex beat the stuffing out of me in a hotel room, choked me until I passed out, then disappeared, I woke up to the desk clerk banging on the door telling me they were kicking us out or calling the cops to remove us. I sobbed through the door that he was gone and begged them to let me sleep and not let him back in, but they refused and kicked me out. I slept on a stone bench by the river a few blocks down the hotel and woke up covered in bruises and barely able to move. I'm so glad you guys went above and beyond to help her. I don't think I'll ever get over how they treated me when I so clearly needed help. And it was a pretty nice hotel too. I couldn't believe it was handled that way. I wish more people were like you. Our next Reddit post is from Flattered Pawn. It was 3am at a popular Canadian coffee shop. There's this one old baker in the back who rarely interacts with me past a dirty joke or a dirtier ditty from his Navy days. Other than that, I'm alone. There's not another soul around the area and I expect it to remain so for at least an hour yet. I'm boxing up the day-old for the homeless shelter when I swear I see something out of the corner of my eye. It's behind me. I turn, then look down. There's a small child standing there. A native little toddler with a fauxhawk staring at me intensely. I'm struck dumb with how absurd the situation is. How did he get behind the counter? I didn't hear the door open or see him come through the counter. I scan the storefront. No one. I yell for the baker in case he has a friend or someone visiting that lost their kid. He comes over and, like me, does a double take of the kid and is baffled. The kid starts muttering incoherently. I get him a glass of water on a donut hole and the baker runs out of the store to do a perimeter of the block. I call the non-emergency line and explain I have a little kid with no parents. I can't get any information from the boy. He just mumbles and I can't make it out. The police arrive. The baker comes back and says that he can't find anyone else in the streets. The guy from the 24-7 corner store says he'll keep an eye out. The police try to speak to the kid and also get nothing but mutterings and half-hearted gestures. They take him away. I see the cops again for their morning coffee and they told me the little guy walked several kilometers from the nearest reservation in the dead of night to my store. 
he had gotten into his parents' medicine cabinet and just walked out of the house. I'm floored. It must have taken that poor baby hours to get to me. Seeing him behind me like that in the dead of night still shakes me. It spooked me more than that guy who threw a pot of coffee at me. The woman who tried to stab me with a plastic spoon because I refused to give her a metal one. And the dude that waited around four hours hoping to catch me alone so he could teach me a lesson since I didn't have the flavor of bagel that he wanted. And then we have this reply from my see what's nerp. I can imagine you standing there and deadpanning the line. I'm sorry ma'am, but this is the exact reason why we can't give you a metal spoon as she stabs you repeatedly with a plastic spoon. Also, what I want to know is, what bagel is so tasty that someone's willing to murder over it? I want to try that bagel. Our next reply is from DC for MVP. I worked in an open quarry mine down in Texas. We had a storm where it rained an insane amount for hours and hours. Being the night shift supervisor, I was in charge of tons of heavy equipment, including haul trucks, excavators, and bulldozers. It was about 2am when I had three haul trucks get stuck in the bottom of the mine, just spinning their tires endlessly. It was horrible. Since we're talking about tens of thousands of dollars of production per shift, I had to get permission to shut the mine down from the superintendent and relay that to the supervisors up in the plant that washes and dries the material. They wouldn't shut down just because I said so. I called him a minimum of 13 times that hour to get him to shut the mine down. He never answered his phone, which never happened since he always had his phone on. Four of us were soaking wet and covered from head to toe in mud to the point where you couldn't even tell we were wearing neon green high-vis safety gear. We got the trucks pulled out of the mine after roughly three hours of using a combo of the dozers, loaders, and excavators to essentially build a new road from drier materials. The superintendent got in at 6am, took one look at the mine, and shut it down for the day. Turns out, his phone charger came unplugged and his phone died in the middle of the night. He never even knew I called. And then beneath that, we have a similar story from DJ33. I've lived the IT version of this multiple times, where on-calls or management won't answer on time-sensitive issues. The upside is, I never got covered in mud in the rain. One night, I had to help a brass mill that runs 24-7 and loses $150,000 if they're down for just an hour. Their Wi-Fi goes down, but only to a quarter of the plant, and they have no idea why. But they have a metric ton of floor materials that run the machines that require the Wi-Fi to function. So the whole place is at a standstill because they're bottlenecked by those few machines. Their network team isn't answering. Their server team isn't answering. Their management isn't answering. The plant's been down for well over an hour. I eventually get a hold of an on-site maintenance guy who sometimes assists with basic IT tasks that we can't initiate remotely because he's the only one answering the phone. It turns out that section of the mill was serviced by an off-the-shelf Netgear router. I have no idea how that's possible, but he was aware of it because he has to go reboot it sometimes. I ask him to go do that and he calls me back. He calls back 20 minutes later saying everything's fine. The router, on top of being retail-grade trash, was just stuck in a random supply closet, which had a leak. Water was dripping directly onto the router. He took it down, dried it off, moved it somewhere else, and eventually the Wi-Fi came back up. I wrote a very strongly worded email that morning. You idiots just lost over $200,000 because your network team buys hardware at Walmart. Our next reply is from Grand Admiral. Warning, medical gross stuff incoming. I worked in an emergency room. The worst night that comes to mind involves a patient that was bitten by a baby timber rattlesnake. He was bleeding out of every single orifice by the time he got to us. More blood than I'd ever seen before outside of a 75 mile per hour motorcycle crash. 
I don't remember how many doses of Crofab we gave him, but it was the hospital's entire supply. But trying to get him stabilized, arranging the helicopter transport to a bigger and better equipped facility, all the blood, those still weren't the worst parts. The worst part was when the patient lost control of his bowels. I will never, ever forget that smell. I spent the entire time standing by the door with a battery-powered fan and a handful of gauze pads saturated with cinnamon oil trying to reduce some of that smell. The doctor occasionally stuck her head out just so I could waft some cinnamon oil in her face. Yes, by some miracle, the patient did end up surviving. And as far as I know, he made a full recovery. But the blood, the smell, and just the shock of it all. Yeah, never underestimate a baby timber rattlesnake. And beneath that, S-Wheels asks, I may be mixing up my animals, but isn't most baby snake venom more potent than mature snake venom? Mad Highlander replies, more potent, no. But the babies haven't learned yet to regulate their venom output, so when they bite, they just inject everything they've got. As opposed to the adults, which usually keep their venom injection to a minimum. That was r slash askreddit, and if you like this content, check out my Patreon where I publish extra episodes. Also, be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.